This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 463, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. When you walk to the garden, kind of watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon, walk the straight and narrow track. If you walk with Jesus, he's going to save your soul. Devil, we're down in a hole. 
Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 463. My name is Paul Montgomery. Joining me, Mr. Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Joshua Flanagan. Here. Did you, did you just vomit something up? What happened? Turn into a frog. That's Snoop. Oh. <laughs> from from, from The Wire. Oh, right, right. It's a little deep. Uh, we are a fanboy, and we like comics, and every week we read yeah. a bunch of comics. That's it. And one of us picks the best book they read. We call that the pick of the week. Talk about it on the show and do some impressions from The Wire, along with other books of the week, various other topics of interest and other goofy nonsense. Before we get to the show, quick reminder slash warning. This is a review show, and we will be talking about the things that happen in this week's books. So if you're worried about the spoilers, you can pause the show. You can come back. and in arms. Quietly. Are you having Quietly. a sort of slow burn stroke? Quietly. I can't do bunk saying quietly. Paul, <laughs> instead have, of Jimmy. Do I have to pick Jimmy? Paul? Quietly. Do I have to pick Paul? Is that it sounds like Cartman. It doesn't sound, it doesn't sound I, like I didn't say I could do bunk. it. I'm trying. This is all experimental stuff. Connor, you, you guys want to do the show? I have the pick, and the pick was the Multiversity Pax Romana number one. And I'm just going to admit that I'm in the bag for when Morrison and Frank Wiley team up. I'm not even. Yeah. I'm not even going to say that I understood this issue 100. percent I, uh, Okay, I, I'm really happy to hear that. I just saying I I loved every every page of it, and this is actually this is so this is the first issue of the multiversity we've had as a pick of the week. But this is probably, and this is uh, I loved it. This is probably my least favorite one. Um, yeah, the last one was really good. Well, I've loved all of them. I really yeah. loved the pulp one with Doctor Fate, and I loved the last one that you guys talked about. It was a really good one. Yeah. Um, they've all been fantastic. Actually, no, I'm sorry. The first issue was my least favorite. Yep. This was, I loved this issue. That tells you how much I've loved this series so what's, far. What's funny is that this was a surprise for me because I didn't know, I've been downloading them. It, like, it takes effort to see. I was like, oh, right, right. There's a, like, I just don't notice the multiversity titles, so I, I have to make sure I don't miss them. Mm-hmm. And then it was after you'd made the pick of the week and I downloaded it. I was like, oh, oh, it's Frank Quitely as well. Well, what's funny is these are the, these are the pages that they originally teased with, for the series. Mm-hmm. Right. If you right. recall at Morrison yeah. Con, that no. our, old, our old pal Ron Richards did, that's where they announced this series. And they, do you remember they gave us a couple of pages to pre, to preview? And one of them was the first page, which was nothing. No. Do you remember that? It was like a. It was no. like a. It was actually it was the cover. It was this cover they gave us the art for, and we were like, "All right, that doesn't do anything for us. You have to give us like, yeah, cool else. fire. Let's give us something else here." That's but, vaguely familiar. And then they showed a couple of these Blue Beetle pages at the con itself. And that mm-hmm. was the big tease two years ago. So that tells you how long this series has been wor- being worked on. Um, so this is actually Morrison quietly doing... And you know every issue of Multiversity has been, if you're not reading it, uh, Morrison's trip through the DC multiverse. And they're all very deep with references and characters. And this is Morrison quietly doing basically Watchmen. This is the original pitch for Watchmen, which was the Charlton characters. So you've got Blue Beetle instead of Night Owl, and you've got Captain Adam instead of Dr. Fen- Dr. Manhattan, and you've got um, Nightshade instead of Spil- Silk Spectre, and The Question instead of Rorschach. So you've got, this is basically him doing Watchmen. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not going to pretend I understood everything, but I really enjoyed the journey through this world. And also, these two guys work together better than, there's no one that works be- together better than these two guys. Here's the tragic irony of this podcast. I'm sitting at my desk, and right in front of me, there's a lozenge, and I just want to reach over the internet and hand it to you because you feel so miserable. <laughs> Sounds so miserable. Um, this was awesome. I woke up coughing um, this morning. I don't know what's happening. I might be dying. No, it's, and just it's the page layouts are crazy. The, the, the thing that's cool is that it's like all of Watchmen, 
yeah. crammed into one issue. So yeah. they're they're doing a lot of stylistic things, but it's not just like like a hokey pastiche. No, not at all. You know, it's like taking the original concept and then there's a little bit of a, you know, like a wink wink to some of the stuff from from Watchmen that you know, it, you you only get through the filter of Watchmen, not just by going back to the Charlton characters. So you know that's kind of fun, and and that's the stuff that Morrison has said over the years about Watchmen, uh, even in, in his book and stuff. And uh, so you know that there's there's a little bit of I don't know um, professional rivalry going on there. Totally. So that's that's pretty fun to watch on the pages. But the the last panel like blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that's a domino mask twisted, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, into it's like a DNA strand. Yeah. Um, I also just from a from a craft standpoint, there's a lot of great sequences in here that recall the great All Star Superman, which is probably the pinnacle of these two guys working together in terms of just artistic capability. There's that wonderful page where they're walking, and that that one really reminds you of All Star Superman, where they're they're walking and talking like they're almost in, like they're in a Sorkin show. Yes, and you just see them throughout all the entire page as they go, and that reminded me a lot of that that Superman also Superman Jail issue where he goes to that see Lex Luthor. Yeah, specifically. I'm sorry, I don't want to. No, go ahead. It was uh, is a really good example of uh, how to su- successfully break the rules mm-hmm. because that shouldn't work uh, from a from a from a you know a, a, the way the comic book pages work standpoint and from a lettering standpoint, those are the bra- they broke the the rules. You're not supposed to go uh, right to left. It, it makes it hard to read. But at no point was that page hard to read. Right. And I think that that's really interesting. Uh, it's just a like there's a way to do anything well, you know, whereas most people can't. Um, and and uh, also, I was reminded some of the fight scenes recall their Batman and Robin stuff that they did together. Mm-hmm. Just really great teamwork from these two guys. And I would pay anything for them to do a Blue Beetle question book set in this world. Because just yeah, like I- in the Watchmen book where Rorschach and Night Owl were so great together, here. Blue Beetle and the question are so great, and seeing quietly, quietly draws a really mean question and a really mean Blue Beetle. You're you're so far in the closet. You pay rent in Narnia. It's just. <laughs> I like the I like the the undercurrent, uh, the subtext of all this too is that if you know you've ever read about what Morrison thinks of Watchmen, mm-hmm. it's not yeah. it's not favorable to the extreme. I mean, like he 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 likes the craft of it, but I feel like like his thing was that it, it went too dark and, right. and too nihilistic and 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 you know basically was was it lost the joylessness that that comic books is what he he believes they should have so that's sort of in the back of my mind as he's doing this um which is it's it's almost it's almost like he's talking to alan moore a little bit like i I, I don't know if it's almost i think he is yeah yeah i know a guy's never gonna hear it but still no he certainly not i bet he reads them all it's (laughs) really funny he just has long boxes everywhere yeah, all those interviews he does, and then he turns and then around he, and he's like, he's alphabetizing and he's back. But he's also got like he's got like notebooks full of his responses <laughs> that he writes in them, and they're like they're long. Like like this is this is like two notebooks. This issue, like right. he, he he does he does annotations and like really tiny serial, serial killer yep. handwriting. Yep. Exactly. So the thing is, and I've seen some comments comments about this is that you can you can totally enjoy this and still love Watchmen. And we've, we've had that discussion before about it. Of course you It's can. not a black yeah. and white thing. Like, I still love Watchmen. I can also enjoy the fact that Morrison doesn't love it as much, and this is his response to it and his version of it. And I, I can they're both great. They both exist independently, and they're wonderful. And I just keep looking at these shots of the question that, that Quietly did. And 
I mean, as much as, as great as the story was, it was, and I, again, I don't, I have to really reread it. These issues, you have to, re, for me, you have to, I read them a couple of times because there's a lot of stuff going on, but this one particularly I mean, was pretty dense. This is one of the things about all of these issues so far, and this one in, spe- in particular, is that as soon as, when you start reading, you start reading any of them, mm-hmm. you have no idea what's going on. Right. Like, you have to know that going in. Like, you, if you start going, I don't know what's going on. You have to read it. You have to give it time, and then as you sort of start to go, you're gonna you're gonna get what's what's happening to right. a certain extent. This one was, uh, I think, a little tougher. Um, I, I think I, <laughs> it really was like, and I know the Watchmen really well too. Yeah. So the fact that I was still like, hold, wait, hold on, <laughs> wait a like, minute, there's, there's just other stuff happening. I I love the Captain Adam stuff. That yeah. was my favorite. Like, oh yeah, yeah. The way that he did it, you know, they they're keeping him drugged, and and you know, like his. That page with the the bridge, his fearful symmetry page, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was a whole bit of that was a bunch of magic. Uh, this is, this whole series has been a bunch of magic, I think. Yeah, I think we've seen we've seen. There's a lot of evidence in, that you just let Graham Morrison run wild in his little world. That he'll he does really wonderful stuff. This reminds me a lot of Seven Soldiers, and mm-hmm. I think Seven Soldiers was a really unappreciated, underrated uh, thing that he did. Because he got to play in a world that was all his own and didn't, had no rules and uh, at least continuity rules and had you know do whatever he wanted with those characters and it was a really magical thing. I think this is turning into that same kind of thing. Yeah. Well, same thing as anything though. Like he's gonna get he's gonna get more sales on Batman R.I.P. because right. it's Batman and Dark Side and that's listen. What, all the people complaining that that Ted Cord is gone should read this issue. Hmm. It's just great that there's there's something really insightful and super considerate on each and every page both from from Morrison and from Quitely and you get like the deconstruction of the dog which made me think of like we three and then I keep going back to the the domino mask that's that looks like a double helix Mm -hmm. like you have to like who thinks that when you take a domino mask and lift it up and let it dangle and twist it looks like that and that's a, a recurring motif in the issue and that's just not the level of thinking that most people are doing writing or reading a superhero comic so I, I feel like they put in like I feel like it was a conscious level of effort to put in an Alan Moore level of detail and thinking on every panel mm-hmm. you know and if you're listening home you know what I'm talking about like 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 Alan Moore's famous for for super detail and script and it, like you know every single tiny iota of 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 the watchman is thought out and 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 sort of uh, crafted to death between between Alan Moore and then Dave Gibbons after that and I feel like they did that with this mm-hmm. like it's the same kind of thing like there's nothing in here that is an afterthought or wasn't well, wasn't strongly I, considered what you just said it caused me to flash back to a moment on this show however many years ago when Batman and Robin came out. And I remember distinctly saying, this kind of book makes you angry that all other comics aren't this well thought out. Mm-hmm. It just it makes you feel like there's a whole waste of energy going on. And, it's well, kind of, and I realize not everyone can do that, but it makes you think to see the possibility of a really well-considered comic book put together that's true but i also don't want every comic book to be like and i, and I don't mean the density of it because batman and robin wasn't that dense but it was really mm-hmm. well constructed and thought out yeah and the characterizations and all that stuff um it just you know you you realize how many of these are sort how many things these these things you read are sort of throwaways when you run into books like this sure yeah that's all i'm saying 
Yeah, which is also the nature of yeah, it's, it's, like, a, it's a serialized it's, I mean, storytelling, and it's gonna and, and it's it's literally the nature of the art form going yeah. back to its very beginning. Sure. You know, the fact that we have anything coming out of it was wasn't was an evolution. But I, I mean, I I like some of that run and gun stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I like both. You know, I like I like having that where they, I couldn't read this all the time. This would if all comics were like this. At the at the end of eight or ten of them in a stack on a Wednesday, I'd be like, I, I'm out. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. So this week we had a lot of other stuff going on, a lot of interesting things. In Batman Superman 16, this is really the first storyline we've had since the Doomsday epic ended. And I thought this really returned back to that feeling I had originally with this book. I really liked this issue. Yeah, this was a really strong issue. Uh, It's called the Nemesis Objective, or at least the cover says that. And it's basically introducing, quote-unquote, Superman's Joker. And what they mean by that is the villain that doesn't really make any sense, doesn't have an agenda doesn't have a plot to uncover. It's just someone who's crazy. And I really liked this issue a lot. I loved... Actually, my favorite moment was a really heartbreaking moment of the whole week for me was when the the, the issue opens up with these two actors going to a cancer ward dressed as Superman and Batman to cheer up the kids. And one of them, the one dressed as Superman, gets shot through the window. And he realizes that what's happened. And instead of falling down, and he stumbles out of the room so that none of the kids have to see this guy die. And I thought that was a really heartbreaking moment. Well, he was a fatty. Real, but it was a real, real like moment of heroism in this from a just try to undercut you from a guy who's sure. not a hero. And I thought this whole issue was really strong. This, this is where we get the podcast reviews, Josh. I know, I know. That's what I was. That's what I was going for. This is this is this was a strong comp- contender for the pick of the week. I think um, I think the art, while not great, yeah, I don't think it was great art. I actually think it was more effective than the gorgeous and ethereal Jay Lee art mm-hmm. uh, in telling the story that you needed to. Um, you know what I mean? Like if this had been Jay Lee, like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been c- communicated. Jay Lee's well. art is, is good for a certain type of story. Yeah, exactly. This so is a traditional superhero story. This guy, you know, he got this. He got the. He got it across. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know I like the concept. There wasn't a reveal about who it was, no, right? No. Okay. That's. I just wanted to make sure that I didn't miss a thing because I'm, you know. No, not that I saw, but I'm an idiot. But I, you know, like previously, I had been ready to be like, "All right, you know, I don't, I, maybe this book isn't for me." But I actually really enjoyed this. I thought this was, this was a good story. Yeah, I, I like the idea that good concept that Superman doesn't is not prepared for this kind of criminal, and doesn't want to become Batman to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, an, it's it's always interesting when you play off their differences and how much they both seep into one another. Mm-hmm. I also like that Batman's got a giant picture of the Joker at the ready no matter, when he needs to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> he has everything at the ready when he's. <laughs> that's nothing. None of the like, none of the conceits about Batman are 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 anything other than that. Whatever it is he needs, he's got that right there. His pockets are as big as you need them to be. I would, I would like him to. I'd like a whole page of him trying to find in the, in a bunch of folders the fixed picture of the Joker. Well, he had to do that beforehand. Hold on, like, I got to make a point. Just let me find. No, it's not in, a second. It's it's not Alfred, where did you do with the? Just hold on. Arch nemesis. He was here. So I, I thought this was really good. And then, then in the other team-up book, Superman Wonder Woman, we had our first glimpse of the new creative team, which was... You did this, huh? Yeah, it was really good. Peter Tomasi really? and... Uh, I'm, I'm oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting it mixed you, up with you're Wonder You're going Woman. ahead. But yeah, Tomasi and uh, Doug Monkey, right? Yeah, and I love Doug Monkey. That's, Doug Monkey. Okay, yeah, that's your, that's, your, that's your jam. Yeah. I thought... Paul, did you read this? I I did. I usually like Doug Monkey. Um, I thought some of his faces were a little severe, to a distracting degree. Mm-hmm. It's a scary Wonder Woman. Like I know a lot about her skull. 
Right. Well, I think that uh, actually that actually really works for me in this issue because yeah. that's the way they go with her now, right? She's the scary warrior princess who's this is true more badass than anybody else on the team. So they, I like that they made her more kind of more severe. She's still, you know, portrayed attractively, but she's also clearly, you know, we'll we'll talk about the contrast in that art in a second with the next. Mm-hmm. But doesn't mean atomic skull. Yeah. I like me some atomic skull. I love the cover. I loved the you know the date interrupted. I liked I liked this issue a lot. I don't know. I think it's an. I think if you get, if you want Tomasi's really good with character work, and I'm happy to be reading a book by him because he's been only really working on Batman and Robin, and I am over the whole Damien thing, so I haven't been reading his work. And Monkey's always been one of my favorite guys from the new school of art, artists, so I'm really happy about this new team. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this one too. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but I... What's the basic... Like, are they taking over what what was done before? Is it a whole new deal? No, it's it's a continuation. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's... it's, 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 You know, they're coming out of the Doomsday storyline, so that's the fallout from that. And, and, uh, I mean, it's a a bit of a reset. Uh, Also, in that, the issue issue opens with a flashback to when Superman and Wonder Woman sort of first meet, although we've seen them first meet in Justice League, but that's sort of this... In between that story, so they're fighting the parademons and they're getting to sort of banter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Wonder Woman's not quite sure she likes this kind of doofus who doesn't want anybody to die. And so you kind of see where that first spark happens. And then fast forward. I actually really like the, the bit where Superman is, or Clark is writing a story on, this, on a typewriter. His, mm-hmm. And it's, it's Hemingway's typewriter that Bruce had bought him as a Christmas present. And she's like, well, why don't you just write fast? He's like, well, I can't. I can type fast, but I can't write fast. I liked that little bit. You know, he's like he's like typing at normal speed because he he has to think. I liked that. That was kind of cool. That's a good moment. It was I, good. I'm still I'm still not entirely you know won over on this relationship, but if you if you can sort of get over that obstacle, it's you know it's it's fun. Oh, the other thing I liked was that I'm sorry, it just took me forever to load yeah. this issue, so I I, I forgot. Um, the, I liked Major Disaster. So Major Disaster was one, one of those goofy 90s villains. I always kind of liked him. And he, was, he was a guy that showed up all the time in the, in the GIF and Justice League, and he was a guy who could control disasters, right? So he could make an earthquake or he could make a tornado. And when you think about it and the way it's, and the way it's used here, that's a really serious superpower. It is. I mean, that is no screwing around. So here, he's not quite the joke that he was in uh, that book. He's bringing, he's bringing the pain. And I thought... There's a lot of, you know, what can, what can one man and woman do against nature? You know, it's not so he's like he's uh, like he makes the world his SimCity 2000. Right. So I like that villain. I like the relationship. I think this was a really strong issue. If you were someone who dropped off the book, um, maybe check this one out. You might like this one. This was good. Now we go to Wonder Woman 36. Wonder Woman 36 was the first issue. With the new creative team, the husband and wife team, uh, the Finches, David Finch on art, and M. Finch and D. Finch, and uh, this well, first what was interesting was this is clearly a return to the superhero Wonder Woman story, but it doesn't like wash away what happened before. In fact, everything that happened before with all the gods and everything is very heavily referenced. It washes other things away. Coal villages. <laughs> the opening pages. Yeah, there's more more Wonder Woman against nature in this in this comic. Did you read it, Paul? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, because I got it in the mail. Uh, it's uh, there's there's a lot of rain in this issue and a lot of um, uh, meditating on on what the rain is and represents. 
And I had, I had very, very low expectations for this. So I will say it didn't quite go as low as I thought, but it wasn't good. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I mean, I, don't, I didn't find it terribly inspired. And, no, and no, after the all. run that we just had, um, which had its ups and downs, it was always at least really inventive and thinking of different ways of what, you know, what does it mean to be Wonder Woman or, what, or what, what can we put Wonder Woman through to change that character? You know, what kind of crucible can she go through? And with this, um, it's, I don't know, it, it just feels kind of like um, a six-issue, you know, I, arc I between, you know, two bigger runs. I'm totally fine with, with them going back to Wonder Woman, superhero Wonder Woman stories, which is fine. We just did three years of of the vertigo stuff. And so I, I, as a change of pace, I have nothing wrong with that as a concept, but like, you know, uh, I don't know that David Finch is the right artist for this book. All of his faces were sort of, I blank. know that he's not. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't cheesecakey, but it was like all the facial expressions were blank. Yes. And, and mouths looks hanging like, open. Look like dolls. Like she yeah. looks, she looks like a, like she has sort of a young, like a really youngish face sometimes. And so it has this sort of like like doll effect, like Barbie doll kind of thing. And tell me if you laughed when I laughed, Paul. But there was one so in the beginning. There's a crisis, so the Justice League is called in, and there's a two page spread of the Justice League, and they're all just sort of standing, shoulder to shoulder, staring off into the distance, and they've all and they all have the same exact sort of expression, like Superman, Aquaman, and Wonder Woman all just sort of look like they've been drugged. They do. Superman looks terrible. It's just. It, it's like first of all, there's no. Uh, it's just this was really disappointing art wise, and the writer she is. It's first of all, I think it's good that there's a, it's a female writer because, um, well, a female writer doesn't have to be on this book. I think it's a good perspective change. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also a very new comic writer, and you can tell. Yeah, but you'd think that he would be. I mean, David Finch been around a while. He's worked with a lot of great writers. You think he'd be able to, you know, rein that in? I don't know. It's just. Uh, this, well, not as bad as I feared. It wasn't very good. Yeah, Superman looks like somebody burned his Elios. Um, it doesn't. Burned look my bagel bites. Why did you do that? So um, there was I'm that. If, if you were all curious about the new run of Wonder Woman, like, listen. If you're the kind of person that really hated the, the Azarellos and uh, Chang stuff, then then perhaps this is this. Yeah, is I mean, this brings about you know, it's like the Justice League, and it's just you know. It, Again, I'm like, fine with that as an idea. In fact, I was welcoming it. I just wish it was a different creative team. That's all. Yeah. So there you go. Black Widow 12. Anderson um, Cooper comes to visit. Anderson Cooper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing that I wanted to to mention with this is that you know we used to we we used to see used to Phil make Noto. things in this country. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, nice. Well done. <laughs> his name is not his name. <laughs> Phil Noto's really good. It, my name, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like we originally saw his art. He was a cover guy. He showed up in some stuff here and there. You're like, man, those are some beautiful covers. And then there was those sketches that he was doing on the internet. And he'd done work in between here and then. But my, my point is, originally, when you saw him do interiors, he was not there. No. He was doing um, pinups. As he, his he was story very panel, stiff. Panel, panel storytelling wasn't there yet. Right. And, 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 and you go to now, I'm reading this issue, and I'm watching it, and, and the acting... Yeah. That he's having his characters do, and his his storytelling, and his page layout, and everything has gotten so good. He has he has just improved to be not only somebody just visually something to look at, but like the work of comic book making. Like he's good at that too. 
And it's taken this book that I don't feel like anybody's talking about or, or thinking about very much, and it really is a, a very nice bit of craft. And, and it's enjoyable. It's a, it's a good – I think it's got to be one of my, my favorite Black Widow series that I've read. And I remember like Greg Rucka did one. I think at one point, you know, and I, I sort of read that. And there's, there's been Black Widow series along that. I think Paul Cornell did one. This one's real good. I really like yeah. the world that they've set up and the, and the dichotomy between who Natasha's supposed to be. Is she Avenger? Oh, is she a, a spy? Yeah. Is, she, is she an assassin? Is she bad? Is she good? Is she needed? Like all those things. Um, and, and you know that, that her lawyer guy was a marked man. Oh, totally. The whole time. And finally, you know. The, well, the cat paws with the blood. Good lord, that was amazing. I hate to make this comparison because I don't want to feel like I'm marginalizing, but it feels very much like She-Hulk, and I don't mean that because they're both female protagonists, but in that it's a book that no one's talking about that's really small in the corner, and it's but it's really fantastic uh, storytelling wise and art wise and character characterization stuff is, and what they're exploring is really good. Yeah, but it's not in that tapestry of the main universe, so no one's reading it or talking about it. But I think even, which is interesting, because Black Widow was, in fact, in the movie, is right. yeah, Scarlett Johansson. But her story is off on its own and not being involved in what's happening with yeah. with Axis and all the things that are happening. So, But I feel yeah. like even people are talking about She-Hulk more than this. Well, I don't think anybody's talking about She-Hulk other than me, you, and Paul. Well, okay. Then we weren't. Um, you know, but it's like it's it's pretty good. Like, it's a good book. Uh, and and uh, it, it's worthy of time and consideration. I can't imagine it's probably already been canceled. Uh, <laughs> just because I feel like everything was just canceled. Um, but, but there it is. Uh, good stuff. It's very good. It's really I actually really good. look forward to it. Yeah. Um, it's, like, I read it in conjunction with Punisher, and Punisher, I keep looking for reasons to stop reading it. But, but Black Widow, I, I like quite a bit yeah I, you know their little crossover between the two books was really good too yeah it was no these are like good that. companion books not just because they have the same writer but you know they're they feel very much removed yeah so there's been 12 issues of black widow there'll probably be one or two collections of it and when you want to check those out or any of these books or anything you want go to ifanboy.com slash amazon when you're making your holiday purchases we're getting towards the end of november right into december and as you know if you're an american your your patriotic duty is to shop 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 until you go into debt. So do that this holiday season through iFanboy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. Is there a way to shop without going into debt? Are you rich? No. Well, there you, then there's no, re- no way. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, no, I just wanted to... No, you're doing, it, correct, you're doing it correctly. Okay, good, good, I, good, good. If, you're, if you're wondering if you're doing it right, you're doing it right. Okay, good. So iFanboy.com slash Amazon, all your holiday Ooh. shopping. We really do appreciate it. Uh, everyone who does that, it helps out everything. We got the bills, got to pay those bills, and uh, that's how we do it. Also through ifanboy.com slash registration, that's where you become an ifanboy member for 3 bucks a month or 30 bucks a year. And we love all you people who help us either way, keep the ifanboy spirit alive. And, you know, don't go into too much debt. Did you, did you, did, when you said the ifanboy spirit alive, yeah. I pictured a, a small ethereal creature in a cage, like in a dark <laughs> closet. Yeah. And he's like, it is like sideburns. And, 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 <laughs> I thought and, you meant like Tinkerbell, where you need you need the or you die. You need the spirit to live. You know what I pictured? Have you both seen her? Her, her yeah, the yeah, movie. Yeah, her, yeah. yeah. Her, Sorry, yeah. I don't think I enunciated that well enough to. Like, have you seen her? her? Who, Josh? <laughs> her? Um, her. You know the you know the video game creature who swears. Yes. That's what the iFanboy spirit looks <laughs> That's like. That's exactly what the iFanboy spirit and, looks and like. And and he's in a closet and he's dying, unless you buy. Stuff on Amazon through our code, Buy and then he gets, 
Yeah, he gets little breaths of like, ah, fuck you. And he, I'm <laughs> buy, buy a Keytar and keep that little sprite alive. Keep him going. Paul, did you buy the Batman uh, Blu-ray set? Yes, I did. Did you get it? Good God, it's gorgeous. It's fucking awesome. It's an event. You open it up. It's it, got doors. It plays music. <laughs> it does. It is great. I brought it into work It has today. a placeholder ribbon. For people to look for the at. the DVDs. Yeah, it's really fantastic. <laughs> it has a, like a ribbon so you can pull them out of their little like. Here's my alcoves. question. Why does the... Uh, and when you get this set, you get a little Mattel Batmobile. Why does the... Or a Hot Wheels Batmobile replica. Why does it have a trailer hitch attached to it? <laughs> That's the I sequel. That answer's obvious. It doesn't have one in the show, and it, in fact, would have been burned off by the little ex- fire exhaust flame thing. That's true. Not if it's made of the right material. It's a little RV for Alfred. Does he hook up a little back? Oh, but like, anything you put behind it would get ruined, yeah. though, so, even if yes. the hitch survived. Yeah. We, we were well, puzzling they, I mean, over the actual, that earlier. The actual answer is that they used the mold from another vehicle, <laughs> um, and they had to get them on there as cheaply as possible. Um Oh, well. But that's not really as fun. I mean, yeah, definitely go buy that set. Don't wait for it to you know, go down in price. Just go through the iFanboy portal. Buy it at the highest possible price. The See if you possible. can get one of those other sellers, and then from that one, find the highest price. Well, they're, they're the pricey. They're, they yeah. are, they're not cheap. Get the, um, the collectible one, whatever that field means. Do you want there's, to like, the- there's like used or, or new or collectible. Mm-hmm. Collectible do you, do you want to for whatever. The spirit of iFanboy? If no. not, so Paul, Spider Woman number one. Yeah, so um, Spider Woman number one is sort of the inverse of what we were talking about with Black Widow and Punisher and She Hulk, in that it is very much a part of what's going on, and I think that's hurting it. Um, what I even like, is it? I don't even know what it is. It's what is it, what is it tying into? It's Spider Verse, which I didn't know going on? in. I feel like I'm drunk. I mean, I think the the most buzz that came out of it was when they were going to have that uh, Miles Monera cover, um, and then they got rid of that variant cover. Milo Monera? Yeah, what did I say? Milo's Foreman. Whatever. Anyways, um, so it's it's a Spider-Verse tie. My name is my name! It includes Spider-Woman and Silk, who is introduced in Amazing Spider-Man and who is bit by the same spider that bit Peter, mm-hmm. and was just living in a bunker for all those years. Down by the river. Down by the river, and they're in like another dimension. And so, it's it's not like you know Spider Verse, the Spider Woman miniseries. It's the Spider Woman series, but it's bogged down in that Spider Verse stuff. And I don't happen to be reading Spider Verse, but I like the Spider Woman character. I like Dennis Hopeless. Um, so I was, you know, curious about this, but it's, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm keeping with this because I'm not interested in the like Greg land vetoed it and it's Greg land. So well, and that was all I looked. It's not, I was ter- like, it's not terrible. No, you need, you need two parts of the whole. And, and like, I, if you, if I don't like an artist, yeah. I don't, I don't care. The art will really kill it. Mm-hmm. I'll read and a book people, that I really like the art, don't necessarily like, like the story, the writing, because then you can at least get the story through the art. You know what? And that has been a big change for us. Yeah. I think uh, since the, in the intervening years, um, because well, it used to be like you deal with it, but now it's just eh, what's the point? Paul, I'm hoping that you, the more you'd say Spider Verse, the more I'd understand, but I don't. No, it's I mean it's another dimension, and it's like Dune, Arrakis, Desert Planet. I don't know. Um, Did Mobius draw it? I'd buy that. That would be neat. You could even get artists that are like Mobius these days. As a, as a child, uh, I, I thought that I, I, for some reason, heard the name Mobius very young, and I thought that the strip was named for him. 
Well, yeah. that makes sense. And not vice versa. It should be. You know, universe uh, number one. Universe number one is a much better bet. Um, that's the new offering from Panel Syndicate. Oh, right. So oh, it is. Right. So way back in the beginning of Panel Syndicate, when they started the Private Eye, Brian K. Vaughan and Marcos Martin, they said we might bring on some other people. And apparently, uh, so I read the issue and it, and it was fun. And then I got to the the back and it says. Um, it's by this. Who's, who did it? Uh, it's Albert Montes, who is a Spanish cartoonist, and and he says he hasn't worked outside of Spain, so uh, we wouldn't know him from anything else unless we were reading like the newspapers in Spain. I'm going to need you to say España. España. Okay. España. Is he Espana. the undercover cop? Is he trying <laughs> to hijack a, a truck full of cigarettes? No. Um, so at the end, he says that I guess Marcos Martin asked him, hey, do you want to do something for Panel Syndicate? Yeah, absolutely. I just need two months. And then it's been like two years later or something. And finally, this issue is up. And he's going to try to do them maybe not every month, but every other month. Well, there was and some that's, to be had. And that's okay. Oh, right. <laughs> no. and, that's, and that's okay that it's not going to be every month because it's not necessarily a serialized story. They're going to be self-contained little science fiction stories. And it's it's got a very like sort of uh, newspaper comic strip style. Um, it's much more of a cartoon, and it's about this guy from the far future who is sent back in time by his evil boss, who is just a floating head, to carve the um, logo of their mega corporation onto the particles that burst forth from the Big Bang. So they go back to the beginning of the universe. And he's going to carve this in there and change, tinker things, tinker with things a little bit, so that in the far future they'll be even more rich. Even though, I'll tell you something. Yeah, Europe, uh, in addition to having very long lunches and lots of vacation time, mm-hmm. uh, they really have something on us sometimes when it comes to comics. Yeah, it's it's a it's what a you just described. I'm like, funny. You, yeah. That sounds it's, amazing. So it's like it's it's like it's sort of like a comedy version of like um like 2001 it feels like because he's at the beginning of reality with this little pyramid shaped robot who's you know telling him you got to do this you got to do this and he realizes when he gets there that he has to wait until the future like he has to live through all of time to get back to his own time even though for them in the future it'll be just like 30 seconds and he'll walk through the door. But for him, he has to like go through everything, and he talks to the different, um, you know, human civilizations as they're coming up and steering them towards it. And he kind of gives like the big fu to his boss by carving something different into the particles. But anyway, it's fun. It's crazily European, cool. uh, it and out. it's panel syndicate, so you can pay whatever you want. Invincible one one five. Yeah, yeah. This was a big fight. Pretty much the whole issue was a fight between uh, Thrag, and I think this other one is Battle Beast. He's like a, a lion with dreadlocks, I guess, mm-hmm. but he's a man. He's what just doing Mad Libs now. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> Basically, it was a big fight, and they released some beasts at one point, and they killed all of them. And what Battle Beast has a, a very big, very big sword. Um, what was the art? It was great, is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a well, good they, time. It was Ryan Otley does a- best. Yeah, every once this in a while one? he gives Otley the chance to do a full oh, Otley. fight scene. And yep. that's what's Otley and, just and, goes nuts. Yeah, he does, and he did, and there's there's lots of blood. I mean, it's what you expect. And then there's a really cool uh reveal at the end that uh is I'm not even I'm not spoiling it. I'm a, I'm a really, I know, I know. Really good reveal that I was like, okay, no, that's a 
that's significant what you've just done there. Um, so it was a good issue is what I'm saying. Every once in a while I want to make sure I, I, I still read this. I want, I'm giving them, giving them their props or propers. I still really enjoy Invincible. It's the book that Kirkman writes. It probably gets the least amount of attention. Uh, well, there's no TV show, so yeah. Yeah. Well, there's an, uh, even Outcast and the yeah. other books. So yeah. it's very good. What else does he write? He writes Outcast, and he used to do the Thief of Thieves book, but that that, that was that's like the, the TV. Arc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, last night uh, I heard the super, word glasses. Super Dinosaur. Doesn't he still write Super Dinosaur? Does that still exist? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Sure. I don't know. That was the kids one. I stopped reading. I feel like no. I don't know. I don't, I don't last I I, somebody just said the word glasses to me last night, and I got wistful <laughs> for a time. I was like, oh yeah, Robert Kirkman used to call me glasses before he was the most famous man I know. Guardians of the Galaxy 21. He doesn't remember me. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 21 is fun because uh, Chris Pratt is still dating Kitty Pride, and the big development in this one. What? Spoil- oh so my if God. there's spoilers, if there's spoilers, um, if yeah. you're worried about them, clog your ears. Uh, Groot is now Venom. Oh Jesus! Because uh, they have uh, Flash Thompson, who's the current Venom up in space. They separated him from the symbiote. They're eventually the cover suggested they they were going to the Venom symbiote planet, and they're going to be fighting a bunch of symbiotes. But they haven't gotten to that point yet. Um, so now Groot is uh, is a big leafy Venom creature, and he says, "I am Venom," instead of "I am Groot." So there like you go. It. Don't like it. Don't like it. I don't like it. It's not appropriate. <laughs> Not cool, man. Okay. Those are the books we wanted to talk about this week. I thought it was a really good week, actually. I really enjoyed my Some good stack. books. Yeah. Go to ifanboy.com. Yeah. You can find the post for this show. You can talk about these books. You can talk about other books you read. You can tell people what you liked, what you didn't like. All kinds of things happening at ifanboy.com. And now, last week, we did the October book of the month. Because we in November, we like to keep you on your toes. This week, the November book of the month. Josh Flanagan, Esquire. Was I supposed to? I'm, all, I'm a lawyer now. Well, excellent. <laughs> excellent. Ain't no motherfucker give a fuck about a 40 degree day. All Sorry. Right. I, uh, I'm not going to. Josh is trying to do a themed show. And it's not I'm going to keep doing it. We were successful at it last week. It's not going to work every week. No. Was I supposed to have read this book? You yes. claim to have. Wanted to make it your book of the month, so I should. Yeah, my book of the month so. is Art Schooled. By Jamie Coe uh, on Nobel Press, which is a, a British publisher. Um, and this is what I would refer to as a good old-fashioned uh, personal sort of indie comic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the story of a kid uh, from a small town who goes to an art school in a city. I don't even know if it was specified, if it's London or whatever, but it's in England. Uh, and he goes to the art school and it's sort of his journal, and you kind of even find out as you're going through it that 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 you know, like the character's uh, project in school was to make a, a graphic novel, comic book, bunch of strips about where you know his art school that he was going to at the time. And it's you know, it's it's the idea of being in in that age of your life, and and you're in an art school, so everything is is even heightened because everybody's trying to be somebody interesting, and there's there's you know there's a lot of people are, you know putting on a whole image for themselves and, and it's sort of super hyper realized and and you know the critical eye of the of the artist you know that is sitting there reading you know reading what everybody is, is is doing and what they actually mean and seeing through all that facade and stuff but while also at the same time trying to be you know he's a young kid he's trying to figure out what what he's doing uh it's that kind of book mm-hmm 
Uh, it's 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 uh, it's my kind of thing. What's the definitely. style? The art style. Um, it it's like of? a carny. It's a cartoony. Carnies. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> carnies. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Circus folk. <laughs> Smell like cabbage. Whoa. Um, just like a cartoony style. The that, funnel cake residue on the pages. Early, early, early 2000s top shelf. How's that? Okay, I get it. Let's okay. tell you what I'm talking about. Like yeah. a liney thing with, with just, there's color, um, which looks like it's kind of the monochromatic color at time, but it's a, there's actually more than that. Um, there's little, there's these nice little sort of sidebar, you know, testimonial things where they ask, the, the first time I ever saw this was in Alex Robinson's Box Office Poison. I'm sure other people have done it, but like there's just a page where they ask these characters, some of whom you don't know very well, a question, and you just hear what their answer is, you know, right. like, you, the, the, it's like a writing experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's a nice little bit in the middle where he goes through all the different types of students, you know, the retro punk student, the hip hop stoner student, you know, and these are all British, so they're a little bit off from what the American version would be, which I always like that as as a as a nerd because that's what that's what nerds do. They like other culture stuff, um, but only slightly different. So you can understand the language and buy their chocolate. You know, Ron was in England. <laughs> <laughs> I learned, uh, but you know, he goes through. He he makes a best friend and, and and meets a girl and and all that stuff happens. And it's like a slice of life thing. And it's so far like. When I was younger, I would have said, oh, I'm relating to this. But now I look at it as like anthropology because I'm so far removed from what it is like to be a mm. person in their early 20s today that it's done in the style of those comic books. But it's a very different world. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still universal themes and stuff and you can relate to it. And you were back there in the awkwardness and trying to figure out who you were going to be and all that stuff. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I read it like a single sitting. It's How a nice – it? It I don't know. It doesn't actually have page numbers. I could look it up on on the How thing does it feel a second. To you in your heart, like hundred pages, something like that. Okay. You know, it's 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 a less than an inch thick. Pretty short stuff. Look short. Yeah, stuff. it's a it's a nice it's a nice book. It's a hardcover. You know, it's it's got sort of a, a, a thick sort of nice matte paper. It's like cream colored instead of white. You can tell I work for a book company now, and, and I enjoyed it. It's uh, I haven't actually sat down and read a graphic novel sort of cover to cover in a while. It's just sort of one guy's you know, opinion on things. And I used to do stuff like that. I used to do that all the time. And, and you know, you, you, tr- you travel like through the years. It starts, you know, he's at the beginning when he goes to art school and he's worried his mom's going to embarrass him when he's dressing off, uh, when, he, when they're dropping him off and, you know, we love you, don't stay up too late. And then, then at the end of it, you know, he's, he's graduating, people are trying to find jobs and you're starting to see who's, who was full of shit and who actually was the real deal at the school. And, and um, it was good. Uh, and it was also pretty, pretty, you know, like self-searching and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which is one thing that indie comics does very, very well. Uh, I'm excited to read this that. particular type. Yeah, I, I think you'll enjoy it. It's a, it's a nice book. It's the kind of thing that we don't tend to talk about very much around here, um, and it doesn't cross my uh, you know my vision very often. So I was glad uh, to get my hands on this and uh, and read it. It's available now, and uh, if, if that's if, if like the kinds of comics that I talk about like this, if if you like that kind of thing, you're gonna like this too. Uh, you know, I've always said like. Box Office Poison is my template for that. It's it's one of my favorite graphic novels of all time, and this is sort of in that vein, uh, mm-hmm. I think. The uh, uh, spring, spring catalog is out. Yeah. Spring catalog is out for No Brow, and it's drop dead gorgeous. Everything looks awesome. So art yep. schooled. Art Jamie, schooled. Jamie Co. Jamie Co. Yep. Cool. There's your there's your November book of the month, Paul. You want me to do December next week? Yeah, why not? If you want, to. I know what it is. So we could. You want to knock it out? Let's do it next week. We'll do it Damn. next week. It'll be early. All right, so of the look, month. look forward to the books of the month uh, coming up soon. So let's do an email, at least one. We Clint, an entire quarter. Clint from Las Vegas, Nevada, sunny Las Vegas, says, 
I buy comics first and foremost because I love the stories and the art, but I like the idea that one of these could be worth thousands of dollars someday. I know you guys purchase or read most of your comics digitally, and I would like to make the transition, but I'm worried that I'm going to miss out on a collector's gem like The Walking Dead number one. That issue has been going upwards of $800. I always purchase three or four copies of every image number one. I realize that 99% of the comics I buy every week are going to end up in a quarter bin, but there's always that chance for a winner. I guess my question is, do you worry about missing out on this, or do you just shrug your shoulders and keep on keeping on? You can tell this guy lives in Vegas. <laughs> He's rolling that dice. On very low odds. Yeah. Do, they, do they sell comic books at casinos? <laughs> I bet they did at one point. Yeah. Um, he, I, even the way he talks about it, there's always a chance. A different winner. kind of spinner rack. Um, first of all, you are Ron Richards' favorite person. Because <laughs> Image puts out a lot of comics. You buy three or four of every one of them. Yeah, and especially the number one. The number ones. There's so many. The The Walking Dead is a once in a generation cultural phenomenon. Yeah, and, it's and, not and also happen again. It's going for eight hundred bucks. How much have you spent on comics? Yeah, how many? How put many that. Put that in the. What was the other one that went nuts? Sales? Chew, Chew number one went crazy. Yeah, but not really. But even uh, not. In, that's not a, that, that was an no. artificial thing that that was inflated by people with. Anyway, that was a whole thing, but. The Walking Dead is a, is a true cultural phenomenon, and it's only worth that much because it's a TV show and because everyone watches that TV show. And, and, and because, nobody knew who he was at the because, time when Because when the out. book came out, it was an, it was an unknown. I mean, right. That is not going to happen again. It happened no. once and it's, in, in our lifetime. It's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. There's just a very specific set of circumstances that led that book to be. And, and, and if you think about it, 800 bucks isn't that much. No, especially if you're buying, I mean... You could theoretically, I would, I would say, if you bought, if you bought one copy of every Image comic that came out over the course of a year, you're spending more than that right. by a considerable margin. And if you're buying three or four copies of them, you're you're, you're losing money. Like like you're you're chasing a thing that doesn't exist anymore. And I guess occasionally, I remember there was a point where uh, a I don't care about this. I think it's it's. I mean, like personally, as a comic book buyer reader, no, I never think of this. That was sort of your question. Yeah, uh, I totally shrug my shoulder. But every once in a while, I hear, "Hey, Rachel Rising," because there was a story about you know the thing getting adapted is selling for a hundred bucks on eBay. I sold that thing so fast, and that that's I that's, could that's, not art, get that's artificial, out of my hand. temporary, right? Right. That that's not exactly. gonna last. There was Peter Panzerfaust number one went for a lot when the BBC deal went through, but that went that was for about a, a week and a half or two weeks, and then it, then it died down again. Do you remember the there was a there was a Jeff Lemire cover of some Valiant book? I don't even remember what it yeah. was. Yeah, it was. Um, they were selling for like a hundred bucks, and I was like, "Fine, you know, like look that up now." Like right. who? I don't know who bought that or why, but it's it's obvious. Like there's some the collector tick that I took advantage of, I guess, because there's no way that was going to be worth anything in any sort of long term worth is even a, a a variable word. But either way, those days are over, man. Yeah. It's they're over. It's not going to happen. If it does, it's not going to be worth whatever you spent trying to get there. Right. Like you would be better off investing that money in a time machine or a fucking IRA. I mean, literally, if you if you had a three percent yielding savings account, you're in a better position than trying to make money from comics. Yeah. You know, it's just not going to happen. I mean, these are all great books, and there may be a temporary spike in popularity in one of them for some whatever reason, but. And six months later, that spike will be over with, and you'll be able to get that issue anywhere. Read comics because you like comics. Invest money in stocks and things because you want that. Right. 
I mean, I think. I don't know. I don't know how any of that works. I don't have any money because I worked in comics. No. <laughs> but, the, I mean, it's just it's not going to happen. It isn't. It, it's not. It's just not going to happen. Next week, somebody's going to write in, I bought this new house with all the proceeds from mine. Yeah, so there you go. And also, if you're the guy in the comic shop looking through the things for the perfect copy, everyone hates you. Right. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if I'm behind you and you're thumbing through it trying to find the best crease spine or whatever, I am cursing at you. Yeah. Yeah, so don't be that guy. This is another quick one. Danny in Shanghai, China. We're, we're gl- we've gone global. Sometimes the lettering, lettering credit often reads as letterer and production. Do you know what kind of production it's talking about? I used to be in graphic design before I moved overseas, so I have my suspicions, but maybe you guys can offer your thoughts or have direct contact with an answer. Yeah, uh, I think this is, like in comics, it can, it can sometimes mean a lot of different things. Like an editor can mean a bunch of things. Like an editor could be the person who is, who's literally you know, editing the, the content, or sometimes it can just be, it's be the person who's just keeping the trains running on schedule. But for the most part, my, my so thought about... So like Mussolini? Yeah, exactly. All right. An editor is exactly like Mussolini. Is what I'm saying. Asking. Comics. It's an odd um, show. Production. It's an odd episode of our show, of our program. Well, Mussolini started off with like very well. Oh, oh, this is the war. He was a journalist. What is this called? War Corner? What are, what are we calling it? Oh, Jesus. We what? almost missed War Corner. Yeah. So this Mussolini started off as a journalist, quite like, yeah. you know, comic book editing mm-hmm. in the same realm, and then became what he became because of what his experiences and much like comic editors. He thought that he thought that we weren't. We weren't holding a, a tight enough fist on things, a tight enough grip. And the trains, you know, that's a, that's a version of that. Anyway, when you talk about production in comic books, um, it's sort of the person who's putting the files together in the correct format to be printed. Um, it's, it's making sure that, you know, like if the, the, fl- the files are flattened and they're the right DPI and it's the right kind of file format that can be read and the bleeds and the trims and everything. So when they send that file off to the printer, that uh, it prints the right way that it was intended to, and the colors look good, and that it's it's uh, RGB instead of CMYK or whichever way that goes. So you're saying um, it's basically the person who takes all the elements together and puts them into the book. Yeah, and since the letterer is is very often the last person working with it, that's the guy who's in um, InDesign or he's in uh, uh, um, what's the vector one that I use to do lettering? That's how long it's been. Um, you know, uh, not Acrobat, but there's a bunch of different ways. But, you know, he's the one who's sort of the last illustrator. person. To put this. Illustrator. Thank you. Illustrator. Uh, he's the illustrator is the standard lettering uh, software. You know, he's the one who's taking that from, from that Adobe suite into the next one and making sure that uh, everything is the way that it's supposed to be. Uh, and then, you know, you just send that off to the printer. So there you go. That's what production is, as I understand it. Wait, why do people work on the drawings in Photoshop and work on the letters in Illustrator? Um, so that they'll be those are named wrong. That's a good point. Listen. Illustrator is 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 a maddening program if you come out because it doesn't work the same way as Photoshop, but it looks like it does. So you think, oh, I know how to do this thing, and then you don't, and you it's just want to kill yourself because it's vector based. It I think somewhere out there, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fifty to sixty percent of our audience knows what it is I'm talking about, and they know that I don't know. <laughs> I think that they're like, oh my god, shut up. And it's, it's like a thing that most people know. It'd be like if, if I was just going to sit here and talk about Taylor Swift, which most people know, but I don't know anything about. And I'm an idiot. So call, email us at contact.ifanboy.com or call our voicemail line at 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. If you have any questions, if you'd like to know about production, how things work, Josh is going to start taking how things work questions. Yeah. 
You know how they found. You know how Mussolini ended up, right? Swinging from a post. Yep. Yep. Just like editors. So we are officially entering the holiday season on that note. Um, we thought we would give, start giving you updates on the holiday schedule for the show. This is uh, something that happens every year since we've been doing the show. We've been following the schedule most for the most part. Next week is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving falls on a Thursday. Uh, that kind of mucks up our recording schedule because it's a major holiday. We're with our family. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a show next week, but it might be a shortened show. It might just be a half-length show just to talk about some of the books and then go back to our families. We It'll be trypto-fantastic. Yeah, we haven't formalized that yet, but that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, and then you've got two weeks of regular shows, uh, 465, 466, and then you'll have the all-media show on the uh, coming out December 21st, and that'll feature uh, me and Josh and Mike Romo talking about all the things we love in media this year, and then we're going to be on break for two weeks, so we'll be returning uh, probably the first week of January, although we haven't talked about that either. But uh, so you'll be getting your last pick of the week show will be episode 466 on December 14th. So lots of stuff to listen to while you're wrapping those packages that you've ordered yes. through Amazon slash or iFanboy slash Amazon. Exactly. Oh, no. Order the shipping or order the wrapping in that way order that the counts. The revenue counts towards our total. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that's the schedule. We'll uh, we'll drop it. That knowledge on uh, at the end of every show for the next, just a no one's surprise when we disappear for two weeks. Um, so thanks for listening. In the meantime, head over to fanboy.com, talk about this show. You can see uh, past shows, you can see past special edition podcasts. We talked about um, some of the movies that came out recently, all kinds of things happening over at fanboy.com. You can find all of our podcasts. You can even go through, as I did the other day, look through our old shows. All our old video shows are there still. All our old you know content. I feel, you know what I feel bad about? What? This week we got a fairly prominent plug mm-hmm. uh, from from actor comedian podcaster uh, Paul Shear mm-hmm. uh, on the AV Club, and this is what we did. Yeah, well, this show, forty degree day. Can't you know? Can't all be winners? <laughs> Sorry, Paul follow, Shear. You can follow iFanboy at twitter.com slash iFanboy or facebook.com slash iFanboy, and you can follow us individually at uh, CS Kilpatrick, Fuzzy Typewriter, and Jay Flanagan. Um, I'm sure Paul Shear knows other podcasts you should be listening to because, I mean, we've let you down. You, you're not listening anymore if you just sort of came in like, oh, well, check this out because the guy said it. You're not listening anymore. So, you know what? I don't need you. Okay, and if you enjoyed the past 45 seconds, uh, yeah. write us a review in iTunes. Or better yet, you can tell your <laughs> friends about us. Introduce all your friends and family to us over the holidays. You know, you know talk this about This is the perfect show podcast. to play during your holiday dinner with your family. Put it on it the is. background. Yeah. You don't want to hear it them. Is. Exactly. Or while you're wrapping presents or trimming the tree, mm-hmm. you know, lighten the menorah. You, put it you all play it out the show in the background. Do you play it out loud, or you you have earbuds in? No, no, out loud. Okay, okay. I mean, just they could each be listening to a different episode on their earbuds. Can we talk about the, the Battle of the Seven Days now and what it meant in 1861? <laughs> no. Okay. I'm it was 1862. So until next week, which will be Thanksgiving, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. A lot of people didn't think that Lee was the right guy for the job, but he 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 was trusted by Davis, which had a big deal. I'm just gonna hit stop on the recording. Oh, okay. About in three, Guard, two, yeah. and Josh. one. He's got the fire and the fury at his command. Where you don't have to worry if you hold on to Jesus' hand. 
me keep the devil 